Health insurance companies are pushing new efforts to steer more patients to what they see as less expensive medical care that is also higher quality through physician ratings. But doctors are finding these new measurements aren't always accurate, so they want to find out what are the best measures and who are the best doctors and what the future holds for this new phenomenon. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is John Adams. Dr. Adams is a senior statistician at RAND Health in the Statistical Research and Consulting Group of RAND Corp., which is a nonprofit with a mission to help improve policymaking through research and analysis. Dr. Adams' current work focuses on improved quantitative methods and quality assessment, study design, and evaluation methodology with an interest in statistical methods for profiling managed care organizations, provider groups, and individual doctors. He is a fellow of the American Statistical Association and former head of RAND's Statistical Consulting Service. Dr. Adams holds a Ph.D. in statistics from the University of Minnesota. We're so happy to have him join us from his offices in Big Bear Lake, California. Dr. John Adams, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Happy to be here. We're so happy to have you here because this recent study that Rand Health was involved in has a lot of doctors, which is an understatement, a little unhappy. And so can you tell us a little bit about this study on doctor rankings and how it was conducted and what it aimed to achieve, and then we can sort of take it from there. We started on a line of research where we were looking at both cost and quality at the physician level and how well they could be measured. And working with a data set put together from several insurers in Massachusetts, we kind of stitched together an imitation of the kind of cost profiling system that a state might use or a big insurance company might use to try and identify more and less expensive physicians. And we didn't have any particular expectations about you know, how that research was going to go. And in a lot of ways, we were more interested in the quality side than the cost side. But as it worked out, we worked out a way to try and measure the reliability of these physician cost profiles. And reliability here is a term of art. It's sort of how precise they are relative to the way they're going to be used. And we found them to be a pretty low reliability, meaning that if you use one of these systems, you stand a pretty good chance of putting doctors in the wrong categories. The consequence of that has been the physicians have used this, particularly the AMA and some of the state medical associations, to argue that the physician profiling on cost is not ready for prime time. And I think one of the things going on, at least what I'm hearing, is that there have been all sorts of quality measures out there, and an insurance company might send a physician a a letter saying, hey, by the way, 80% of your patients are getting mammograms, and we have a higher average in our network of 90%. But in the future, I think health insurance companies are talking about deciding whether doctors are in and out of a network based on these measures. So that's if they are not indeed ready for prime time, I mean, that could be problematic. I think it's useful to make the distinction between the quality measures, things like are your diabetic patients getting their blood sugars checked, and the cost measures, which are typically one number per physician that tries to characterize whether they're more or less expensive than their peers. And people are struggling to try to figure out how to put those two things together. 
you know, combined systems that sort of guarantee a certain level of quality, and then after you're over the quality threshold, trying to report on whether or not a physician is more or less expensive than his peers. It's a difficult problem, and it's a little more difficult on the cost side for reasons I think that most people can understand, whether or not you you pass a simple quality measure like do the diabetics get their blood sugars checked or not. That's a pass-fail, simple kind of thing to calculate. But cost is complicated. It's driven by the chronic conditions of the patient. It's also not necessarily driven by the particular physician. It might be driven by another physician that the patient sees via referral or by way of the ER. So it's a much more complicated problem. So one of the things that I noticed that the physicians were upset about is that they found that, like, when they had a two-tiered rating based on cost, they would be incorrectly classified in these tiers. About 22% of doctors would be misclassified. Are these correctable things for the insurers? I mean, it's one thing for the physicians to say, oh, they're wrong one out of five times, but I don't think the insurers are going to go away. So I'm wondering, are these correctable? Can the insurers make changes to make these work and get the right measures? I think that's the $64,000 question. The problem is that they are probably a little too imprecise to be used for high-stakes purposes. For example, would you want to rule out a physician from your network with a misclassification rate of 22%? I should point out that's the overall misclassification rate. If you're labeling people as low-cost, the proportion of people labeled that are not low-cost is even higher. There's a push on one side to get going with this the cost profiling for physicians because as a society, we're just desperate to find ways to try and control costs in healthcare. Nobody wants to see healthcare costs make it to 25% of GDP. So there's some pressure to use these things, even though they might not be as accurate as we'd like. I'd argue that we have to get to work really hard and fast on making them better as we start to roll them out. There's certainly people that are arguing that they have better ideas for how to improve these things. But at this point, we haven't seen what I think of as a proper vetting of those improvements that would convince me or other observers that substantially better misclassification rates can be achieved with the next round of these tools. So do you think that this is something that the insurance companies are hearing based on your research? And how far along are they? I mean, I think the reasons that the doctors sort of slammed these, as the headline said, is because they were out of whack by 20%. I mean, the insurers are probably not going to back off of this. No, I think that this enterprise is going to go forward and that the key is to figure out how to take it forward in a way that tries to advance the quality of these measures by improving them at the same time as they get rolled out. Because I don't think I don't think we can wait until these measures are perfect. And I kind of sit in the middle of this debate. I think the physician community would like to insist that these measures be much, much better before they're used, perhaps unrealistically so. And the other side of the debate, the purchasers, the insurance companies, argue that whatever state they're in, we just have to go and try and fix them as we roll them out. I'm sort of in the middle ground. I'd like to see them rolled out for lower stakes purposes. For example, we could roll them out this year just reporting them back to the physician so the physicians could start to get a handle on where they stand and understand the system and then start to ramp up the stakes on the system in the ensuing years while we're simultaneously trying to make these things work better. 
Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. John Adams. He's a senior statistician at Rand Health, which just was involved in a major study of doctor rankings. And Dr. Adams was just telling us about sort of the good and bad and comes down as an independent voice in this. And you're telling us a little bit about how you think that maybe these rankings should be used. And you talked about lower stakes and higher stakes. Could you elaborate on that point a little bit? On the lower end, what do you think that physicians should sort of, I guess, suck it up, if you will, and say, okay, here's something that they can do that would be achievable, and then we could take it from there? Well, I think just simple reporting to the physicians themselves about their relative performance compared to their peers also combined with uh, some of these things tend to come back as one number, you know, a number for the year. And I don't think that's that actionable by the physicians. So we need some tools to help them understand, for example, do they order more x-rays than their peers for patients that appear to be have similar medical conditions? Where are their extra costs coming from? And how can they start to revisit the way they practice medicine and perhaps find a way to help control costs? And I think some insurers would say that they've been doing that. So I think it might be getting to a stage that, you know, in this area where you mentioned, where I think the insurers are probably going to be using these measures more aggressively. I think that's clear. It's some sort of effort to incentivize, encourage, and preferably partner with the physicians to help with cost control, I think is inevitable. And these tools are going to get improved a little bit from year to year. And at the same time, the stakes are going to be increased. You know, one of the simplest methods is to say if a physician is more expensive than his peers in some demonstrable way, and since patients don't bear the full cost of their care because of the insurance system, it would be to assign higher copayments to physicians that are more expensive to encourage their patients to move elsewhere. I'm not a big fan of that approach because uh, I don't think we're long on particularly primary care physicians, so someone is going to end up going to that physician, mechanisms that encourage the physician to change their practice in a way that doesn't harm quality care, but does help control costs, I think, are the most promising in the long run. And what do you think are some of the harder areas that these insurance companies are going to have to reach when you talk about the sort of the higher stakes? I mean, if they're going to forge ahead with this, what are going to be some of the issues that they're going to have in certain areas that are going to be difficult to measure and prove? The problem at the physician level is that a physician's practice is pretty heterogeneous. They see a diabetic at one visit and a, a well child visit perhaps at the next, and the day is made up of a lot of very, very different things. And it's going to be difficult to understand across the board how to help physicians be less expensive. They're going to have to face that. On the policy side, they're probably going to, at least in some states, face lawsuits from physicians that feel that they're aggrieved by these new systems as they roll out, and there's going to be some fairly serious fighting over that. There's also the issue of whether or not the physician is in control of any particular kinds of costs. You know, physician can't be, in principle, really held responsible for the fact that the managed care plan is paying more for a mammogram than some other managed care plan. So prices need to be factored into this in some way. And also a wild card, definitely, like in surgery in a hospital. I mean, that's sort of gets to the issues of like liability, sort of whose fault was it? And I would venture to guess that if in health reform, if you're 
different companies are talking about going to a more global payment like they have in Massachusetts, bundling things, I would think that that might be something that would cause physicians to be a little bit alarmed. Yes, that's a real fault line. If you look at some of the debates between physicians and insurance companies, the physicians tend to come down on the side of, I should only be held responsible for things that are very closely in my control, things I order. But the insurance companies would like the physician to be responsible in some sense for a constellation of activities that occur around their care. So you may be a primary care physician and you may send a patient off to a specialist and that specialist may turn out to be rather expensive. The question is, should that primary care physician be held responsible because they're the one that made the referral or they're the one that's sit in the middle of this complicated care process? And that's a very serious debate. People go off to the hospital all the time. There's the case mix adjustment issue. And they have a very expensive hospitalization for reasons completely unrelated to the physician that sent them to the hospital, but because they had some underlying sickness that's not adjusted for in these systems. And those debates will continue for quite some time. Well, before we wrap up, I was also going to ask, like, where you generally think this is going to be headed. And I think one thing I didn't ask is, will the government start doing this? Will they adopt these rating systems? I mean, the government, after all, is the biggest payer in health care. And I suppose if they're handing off a good chunk of the health reimbursement and subsidies to private insurers, I suppose they're already going to be using rating systems in that regard. But do you see that happening? Well, if you look at the health reform bill, there's some very specific clauses requiring CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, to start to develop these profiling systems. Exactly how that will play out over the next couple of years, what systems will be adopted and what their properties will be and what stakes they will be attached to remains to be seen. But I don't think there's any question that there's going to be some sort of physician-level profiling system that's applied to Medicare by the federal government in some form. I think we probably see a preview of that in the way the commercial systems are being built, although I'm sure there'll be differences in the way the Medicare system rolls out that remain to be revealed to us. Well, with that, I'd like to thank... Dr. John Adams, who's been our guest, he's a senior statistician with RAND Health, and we've been talking about doctor ratings. The methodologies are not going over very well in the physician community, but what we heard here is that they're probably not going to be going away. We'd like to thank Dr. Adams for joining us. You've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson. I've been your host, ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.